John. Yo. What would you say are your top five attributes? Top five attributes? Yes. Mm, my eyes, my personality, this voluptuous body, how I drive, and my, and my illustrious knowledge of all things in general. Perfect. everyone, welcome to Smash and Grab Comics. This is Tyler. Uh, with me, as always, is the pretty boy of comics. What, what? J.P. Jones! Dude, I'm here. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to rock. Uh, somebody did text me about um, what um, I should call you, because I slip in and out of J.P. and John interchangeably. Everybody, it, everybody does? Yeah. Um, I mean... At least at the store, because like somebody somebody sent us a message uh, to. Well, our message goes right to my personal email, sure, sure, sure. and so and it said that sometimes they think I'm talking to two different people because I'll two JPs and two Johns would be too many people. Yeah, no, they no. <laughs> where I'll say John, and literally the next sentence it's JP, and oh, I'm I hear you. and I'm going okay. So we'll stick with one. We'll, we'll stick uh, with one. It's, it's I'll call, I'll call you John. Yeah. Well, but uh, when I used to go out all the time and like do things, party and all that, uh, it was just it, my name was not John. It was John Jones, like John Jones. Like there was just no John Jones. What's up, John Jones? Nice. Hey, John Jones. Yeah. You know I mean, it was it was never John. Kick his ass, Johnny. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. We put him in a body bag. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you seen that uh, uh, Cobra Kai movie? No, it's on uh, YouTube, but I haven't watched Me it. Me either. It's a TV show. It's like they're like thirty minute episodes. Oh, I thought it was a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, but it's but it's got um, both actors from the original. Yeah, it's got Machio and the blonde douche. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't know. have a career after that movie. No, I mean I think he played the bully in a couple other movies. But Why the bully though? He was a good looking dude. He's just eighties bully guy. Yeah, but he was a good looking guy. Hey, I'm sure he got paid plenty of money to be eighties bully guy. I know, but he got pigeonholed by that movie. Oh well, I'm sure he's okay with it. Yeah. Now retrospect 30 years later he's in a youtube red show i probably paid him well i listened to a podcast that's put out by the guy that plays biff tannen in uh, back to the future yep and he said that he felt really conflicted about making those movies because at heart he's a big teddy bear oh, and, and he said he said it was hard for him to be the jerk the jerk yeah, yeah all the time in all the movies he played young biff old biff grandpa biff you know and he was always this asshole you know yeah. and um, That's Biff. That was yeah, because then he because then he said it really pigeonholed. Him. He never got a good role after That's that. Too bad. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Nothing. Uh, choices. Let's get to comic books. Let's. What did? You, oh, you got crowded there. Let's start with that because I just read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, crowded is currently one of my favorite series. It's happening right now. It's been okay. Here's with me. The first issue, I was like, yeah, that was good. Didn't buy the second issue. Then you then you reviewed the second issue. And I went and then bought it, and yeah, we're like, "This like, is great." Then this is great, and then I missed the third issue on Wednesday. It sold out, and yeah, so um, I read your copy. It's freaking awesome! It's I can't wait to it get mine a, off Amazon or something. Yeah, it is a phenomenal book. Um, 
the creative team here is done doing a really uh, bang up job. It's crowded. It's issue number three. Uh, it's by Christopher Sabella, Rose Stein, Ted Brandt, Triona Farrell, and Cardinal Ray. I like that. That's a cool first name, Cardinal. Cardinal. If that was your first name. Cardinal Jones. Yeah. For me, I'd have a bird name. I'd be like Raven Johnson or something. I don't know. Or Blackbird? Sure. Okay. Ostrich? (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst of the bird names, really. Condor Johnson. (laughs) Condor? That is a a buff name. That's just like... (laughs) Condor Johnson. Condor. Condor. Uh, what I like about the logo of this comic book is that the O in Crowded is the app, uh, lo- app. yeah, the app logo logo for Reaper, the um, the service that is after her because they've said yeah, Kickstarter for assassins. Back, backstory: It's Kickstarter for assassins, and there is a bounty on her head, and we, the reader, do not know what it is yet. Yeah. So take it away, John. Awesome. Uh, this issue opens up with the, um, big prolific guy who's, like, flew in. He's the, uh, the face of the Reaper thing. You know, he's got a YouTube channel. Yeah. Come check my stream or I'll kill this dude. He's the Logan Paul of Reaper. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean. But he's like, you know, he, he assassinates people for money on Reaper, yes. But he does so in the public eye as a like a social media star. Yeah. So and, uh, and he dresses video. like Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, right. Do you he's notice got, that? <laughs> yeah, he's got his jacket with the logos yep. on it and the endorsements and stuff. I think it's very clever though. It's a great idea. It's so, funny. So it, it opens up with uh, with that, and he's in town, and people are kind of freaking out, taking photos of him. Do you remember the Scott Pilgrim movie? Yeah. Okay, he reminds me of Chris Evans' character. I just uh, funny. I just watched that. I did too, man. I, I, I just I put it up on Netflix. I yes, like, I you know did what? too. I've never seen this. Oh, like, I, I saw it when it came out. I did. And then my my stepson is like, "What's Scott Pilgrim?" And I showed him my um my collection because his name is Brendan Lee O'Malley, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my son's name is Brendan. Nice. So, uh, he likes it when we find stuff with his name on it. Sure. He was looking at Scott Pilgrim. I said, "Dude, let's watch the movie." Yeah. I said, "It's like watching a movie and a video game at the same time." It's like Kill Bill for millennials. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chris Evans' character on there. Re- okay, this character in this comic book, who you're talking about, yeah, reminds totally me of, of that. You can see, you can hear his voice. Maybe. He even does it in his voice. He just does that all the time. Check out my stream. This, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it opens up with him, and everybody's freaking out, taking photos of him, paparazzi. Uh, on the other side of the street, there's these guys getting together to figure out what they're going to do to find the million-dollar girl. That's her name, or that's what she's been tagged, because it's a million dollars if you kill her. Yeah. So there's these people that are eating at a restaurant. They're just figuring <coughs> out why they're teaming up and how they're teaming up. Yeah. They're all just kind of like telling them their plan. And then they're all kind of also pointing at each other going, you'd screw me over, wouldn't you, for yep. this money? And then the guy's like, yes, I would. Yeah, they're all they're all right up front. They're like, no, we have to stay together now as a group because we don't none of us trust the other ones. And they all admit that they would try to screw the other people. Absolutely. And I think that's great because it's like – most of the time you're like, oh, dude, you can trust me. I'd never do that, bro. And they're all like, fuck you. Yeah, I, have, I, don't, I, have I need no the problems. money. I, I need have... the money. And if I don't have to split it six ways, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem doing Yeah, screwing you over. Um, so that was just like a nice but, opening. Yeah, but that um, that dude that's flying in, he's not part of that group. No, no, no. He's, he's on his own. And then um, while this is all happening, though, you've got all these people trying to get this girl. There's an actual legit like assassin assassin right who is like no name no nonsense yep. doesn't talk she's kind of just 
faded into the background while all this chaos is happening in the city of all these people trying to help this girl down, and she's doing it on her own. We don't know who she is. We don't know where she came from, but we sh- we know she's like the real pro. Yeah, she's and the she's- pro. The great thing about it is that, um, okay, all these, uh, like they refer to later, these paparazzi um, assassins, yeah. right? They're following our main character, uh, Charlie. They're following her literally right behind her the whole time. Whereas this pro, she's like in their apartment. She's in Charlie's apartment. She's in, uh, she's, she's in, she's in Vita's house. She's, I mean, she's trying to get in the mind of these people to know what, who she's up against. She's the John Wick in this. Uh Uh-huh. She's the boogeyman. Yep. And I really like her character because she's somber. She's quiet. She's got a look about her that is iconic, but also just totally like fades in because she's just, she's got this platinum hair and these big shades, um, she's the only thing that really distinct, like makes her distinctive from the crowd. She wears green lipstick. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, she's really not very noticeable, and she's very quiet. I really like the way that they 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 run around. They show Trotter. That's the guy, social media guy. Yeah. Who's like, woo, yeah. Like, yeah. And you know all the other guys, and she's just kind of in the background. Yeah. And it's super cool how they did that, and she, they show her being very professional and like using all her her tricks she's got this little glove that she can pretty much scan anything and like get through the passwords yep just cool stuff so she's being an assassin doing her thing um do you think that um okay in this issue we still don't find out why there is a hit out on charlie uh i don't know if you have any insights into how well this series is doing how long do you think people will hang on before they're going, you know what, if they're not going to tell us, then I don't want to read this. I think we'll get a reveal by issue six. This Oof. is issue three, I know. I think we'll get a reveal of, like, actually... Well, because if you think about it, the end of this issue mm-hmm. ends on a big cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for the character, Charlie, to tell Vita at that moment why. You know, they have that to deal with. Oh, we'll get to that. And I just think there will be one issue of dealing with that, one issue of this new assassin, mm-hmm. and then finally we'll get to that reason. Yeah. In my timeline, I think that's kind of how I would put it. Do you know if this is just a mini, or is it ongoing? That I don't know. It, I mean, I'd love for it to be It'd ongoing. be sweet if it was an ongoing, because you could do so many fun things with this. Because look at Walking Dead, where after 200 and some issues, they have yet to reveal what caused the whole thing. I don't think I want to know. Right. And so this might be some similar to that. Whereas as they go on, it goes on so long without us figuring out that eventually we just don't care. Apparently, you know, people just want to kill her. Yeah. You know? Hey. And, and I think that works for this book, though. Yeah. Because the, the character Charlie is on the borderline of super annoying mm-hmm. and lovable that you could totally see why people would want to kill her. <laughs> Vita calls her out on it, though, and is just going, stop with this dumb bullshit. You're not, you're, you're not stupid. You're, you're not stupid. Yeah, we, quit act, quit this act that you're just, that you're dumb. Yeah, you play the dumb, where's my smartphone? Like, yeah. you're not that, you're not that girl. She, you, you, you know who you are and I know who you are. Like, yep. You know what you did. Definitely. But, yep. Uh, but yes, uh, we've got this pro assassin in town and we've got a great uh, little excerpt with her going into Charlie's apartment uh, starting to look at things and like pre- give give the target a profile. She's building a profile. She's building a case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's trying to figure out who this person is and where they'll be, rather than just run a gun, chase them down. Like it doesn't. That's not the way she works. She wants things to be silky smooth. Right. Because she, when she gets to her target, she just wants it to be click, click, boom. Done over money buy. Yep. Yep. So there's a, a great 
excerpt, like I said, of, of her going into her bedroom and looking through her clothes and going into her drawers, trying on her clothes, reading her journal, things like that. And she does that later with at Vita's house, too. But uh, then but, it jumps over to Vita and Charlie at their hotel room. Yeah. And those guys who were at that restaurant earlier talking, they've found out where they are and start just, I mean, immediately. The comic jumps straight into action because the door slams open and she's like, "Shit, grab your bag, go!" This is <laughs> this is great because Vita then starts blaming Charlie uh, for two times now. They found they found them in whatever hiding spot they're in, and so she thinks Charlie must be doing something. And Charlie's like, "Hey, I was asleep. What are you talking about?" You know. Exactly. So there. So you got Vita firing her way out of this, and you got Charlie who's just trying to grab everything they can. They run to their taxi, get in. And start driving. Um, I love they back over a motorcycle. Yeah, just straight up back over it. And I also like um, these characters of these assassins are kind of like some nods to some characters in comics, too. Uh, this guy here, this guy with the two, two-tone glasses. Yeah. I think that's a nod to Transmetropolitan. Yeah, um, it, yeah, I can see that. Spider-Jerusalem yep. character, because he wears two-tone glasses. And it's also a very satirical book like this is. Yeah. And these kind of pong-headed guys look like space balls. <laughs> <laughs> they do, like they guys. do it. They do, and they so, when yeah, because they're like a team, and yeah, yeah. So I think they're space. God, I'm dealing with a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> What's the guy's name? Private asshole or something like that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. And he goes, he goes, uh, this man's an asshole. And he goes, yes sir, yes sir. Right. <laughs> How many assholes do I got on this ship? All right. <laughs> and they all they got like the whole the whole brigade is like the whole brigade is assholes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. If you're looking for that, you'll find it. If not, still, it doesn't you know hinder the story or anything. I like little hidden gems like. Do that. you think Mel Brooks should have written comic books? God, hit that's that satire that he did with Spaceballs, with um, Young Frankenstein, that um, any of his movies. I think I they would have been amazing. I don't think. Um, I don't think he would have worked in comics. No. No, because there's his style of comedy is not about what's written it's about the inflection of the joke and like yes. how it's told and how it's said right and, how, and like facial you know he's he's part physical yeah but it's a lot of his stuff is is how it's said yeah and how it's done and i don't think uh mel brooks would have done well in comics because someone had to review those comics before they were put to print yeah and i think they would do have you... axed him because like he was surprised that he got away with the shit he got away with like do he you... said blazing do... saddles should have never gotten made no that was, was so racist the studio was just like whatever that's cool mel go ahead and do whatever because he was want. mel brooks yeah right. and then they just shot it filmed it and then put it to put it to the theaters in comics he would have had to draw it write it and then put it to an have editor. it edited right and then the editor would have went rah, 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 you know? have you seen young frankenstein oh yeah Okay, that, I've seen all the, Mel Brooks movies. the that scene where um, um, she asked, "Do you want to go for a roll in the hay?" And then he goes, "Yeah." And then she grabs him, and they just roll in the hay. <laughs> That's the funniest yeah. shit. I I haven't uh, for some reason that joke sticks out in my head it's, more than anything else. Some of it's so dumb, but so obvious. You know? Yeah, you know, uh, History of the World Part One is one of my favorites. Yeah, they, Life of Brian is good. They're getting chased, and they're all dressed as soldiers, and then the soldier comes up, "Hey." Has anybody seen a pack of Trojans? He's like, no, I just fresh ran out. <laughs> just, it's just dumb shit like that. Is, I like so when they come. Uh, I don't remember if it's that or if it's um, well, one of those movies. Uh, they come up to the castle, mm-hmm. actually making clopping sounds like a horse. That's gonna be Monty Python. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. That's still fun. Though. Yeah. Monty Python's classic. It is. Anyway, back to this satire. Yes. Excuse me. 
Um, they're all getting they're getting chased. You know, there's a big chase scene that's happening. They're all both, both arguing about what's going on and why they're still getting tracked and followed. Um, she's trying to also teach her how to use a gun at the same time. She's like, "This is not the time for me to tell you how to use a gun." She's like, "Oh, come on! Like, just tell me how to use this thing." <laughs> and then, um, so they're kind of fighting back and forth, shooting. Um, she did let her hold the clip. She did let her hold the clip. Yes. And hold it like she was holding the stem of a wine glass. <laughs> and then and then Vita just slipped the gun over the clip she was holding. She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And that was funny because it was also like a, a jab at her being an alcoholic too. Yep. Yeah. And and dainty, right? She just holds right. it with a f- finger and a thumb, you know. Yeah. And she, at one point, Charlie grabs the wheel and slams it into the van. That yeah, well, Vita her. gets pissed. And then the car actually does like a 180. Yeah. So they're actually driving backwards while the van is in front of them. Which, okay. If that actually happened, then the car they're in, would the wheels, the the at least the rear wheel in that old car, would they roll backwards because they're in drive? I don't know. That's the wonder of comics. And so once she gets flipped around, does Vita slip it into neutral and just go to town with the gun? Because the, the truck oh. would be pushing them at that point. Hell, why not? I you know, I don't I don't know, but sometimes I just look at this going, even in movies, when cars flip around and they're just driving backwards, you're like, "No, wait a minute! Your you transmission would it. your transmission would be on the ground if you <laughs> flung that into reverse, uh, or you just carefully slipped it into neutral, so you didn't go past neutral. Right? Just carefully slipped it into neutral and just let it let coast. It I don't know. Go. We'll assume that that's what happened. But, yeah. Uh, but that it does show her uh, hit the stick right there. So. Does yeah. I think she was putting it in reverse there. So yeah, it does show her hit hit the stick. Yeah, do something. But I like that. It's a cool action movie moment almost. Yeah, you, know, you got the, the taxi facing the bad guys. They're going backwards. The bad guys are going forward. Yep, You've got the cars kind of locked together. Yeah, they're they're uh, nose to nose. But she leans out the window, shoots a tire out, ends that, and um, that's the end of that chase. And we jump over to Trotter, our uh, social media star. Yeah, which he has done absolutely nothing yet. No, he's done nothing but show up in the town and cause hullabaloo. I mean, yeah, he showed up for a little press release. Um, But, you know, for him, it's all about the Instagram uh, or social media. Yeah, Yeah, it's all about the boss. It's not about the kills and all that. I mean, he wants the money. He wants the money, but... From the from the um, he campaign, more, he probably makes money more money off the streams than he does. Yeah. Another thing we haven't found out is who put up the campaign. That we haven't found out what she did to have somebody put that up, and we haven't found out who this new assassin is. We know we kind of know who Trotter is, but yeah. his exploits because they have little uh, screenshots of like his stream that's happening of his Trotter's greatest hits. Yep. No pun intended on hits, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And then, um, yeah, the new assassin though, they don't give us any backstory. They just show her, which I really like. I, I don't, I don't want to know more about her. I just want her to be a badass. We'll find out more about yeah. her though. So that's the end. Of oh, that, that page oh, though. Go back. Okay, in the background of this page, they. Uh, I gotta turn your comic around here. The uh, donut thing. Okay, there is a sign, a street sign that says. Eat like a czar at uh, Crispy Kremlin. The Crispy Kremlin. I think that's amazing. Yeah, very funny, <laughs> very funny fast food joke. Yeah. Fast donut the joke. Crispy Kremlin. The Crispy Kremlin. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Germany. Oh, it's Germans. Um, but then we go uh, back to the assassin. The, 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 assassin the, the silent assassin. Yes, the pro. And she's going through now her computer. She's mm-hmm. going through her trash. Mm-hmm. Um, She's trying to find out anything and everything about this person, and she realizes that this person lives on nothing. Like, there's no 
semblance of a personality here. This is like a shell. Like a no, is she going through, I don't know what part you're at, Charlie's stuff or is she going through Vita's stuff? Charlie's stuff. Oh. She's going through her computer, she's going through her trash, and the trash is all, there's no actual food in there, it's all takeout. Yeah. Um, even like her clothes and things like that, it's just so like mundane. There's nothing like personality, there's no, there's zero, there's zero in this, this apartment that really shows who this person truly is. Right. So she really, I think she's slowly realizing that this person has more to them than who they are because there's no semblance of a person in this in this place. No. It just seems like a She's show. got no personality. Right. And and it and it's all surface level shit. Um some of the stuff which um did they say the emails hadn't been checked in or something like that. There was they, something about since I don't have mine in front of me. Oh, you're fine. Uh there was something about um it's obvious she hadn't checked something in quite a long time. I think it's e- the emails, yes, and then like it's, there's just Nothing, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing huge that she can work with. Yeah. But, uh, so she leaves there and she's going to head over to Vita's house now. Yep. Uh, she jumps into the adjoining building and goes to like the second or third story, zip lines over to Vita's top floor and then gets inside and starts doing the same thing there, trying on her clothes, being in the house, living in the house, sleeping in the bed. But she finds so much more because Vita is a totally different person than Charlie. She's got a journal and she's got personality in her clothes. And she's got but on the other hand, Vita lives in this house that the previous owner left furniture, left stuff on the walls, left, you know, and so um, a lot of it's not even Vita's stuff. No, but she found a journal that's all Vita's, and that's that's a big thing to find a sure. journal. And then all of her clothing and things like that, and like the VR. And like that was funny. Watch cool. that VR scene coming yeah, up here. And we'll get to that here in a moment, but uh, we jump back to Charlie and Vita. They're still on the run. They're trying to figure out a place to hide, so they go to the library. Now, this library has changed from what you traditionally know what a library is in this kind of pseudo-future satire where we're at, uh, where technology's kind of taken over. The library has become a boarding house of sorts. Okay, so they, what they did was basically they made um, any kind of signal impenetrable to this building so that the People library the library patrons would have a more immersive experience i think that's actually what they said was have an immersive experience and um what it did was the opposite it drove people away so then the diehard fans um were the only ones left and eventually this library had to shut and and now it's just a really trashy boarding house yeah it's like a hotel where you yeah. can actually stay it's, in it, like the fiction section yeah your room is, the is two bookshelves like. or or the or the like the study room or yeah. something like that a conference room is a is a suite kind and of thing you it's know it's become the place of bums hooligans and people who are just n- ne'er-do-wells yeah you know because so, the rent is like super low and even even like uh they ask the guy the bellhop in the front asks for them to pay and she's like i'll just tell him put it on my bill put it on my tab and he's like i what? don't give a shit he goes i don't care yeah so he just walks they just he just let him walk right in without paying they doesn't care so and, and then um it's really funny because the the little study nooks you know they've got curtains over them yeah. you know uh it's kind of funny yeah it's it's just i like how they've used that as kind of like the this is alternative to what the libraries have become. Yeah, this is this is now the uh, Skid Row kind of thing, you know. Totally. It, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Vita and Charlie are walking down to their study room where they're going to be staying now, and it's just full of like piss. And well, and she like, says, Vita says to Charlie, "Don't I wouldn't pee in here," and she goes, "Even though it would be an improvement." Yeah, actually, it might be an improvement. Like, <laughs> room. 
It's just full of gross shit. It's just run down and nasty. Yep. But they're staying there because they wouldn't. Nobody would, quote unquote, try and find them. Well, and that not only that, but they can't be found if the place is impenetrable from signals and Wi-Fi and. Yeah, there's no like wireless connection. Yeah. Um, so Charlie and Vita are kind of talking about um, what's going on and you know why they're being followed and you know she still haven't told me about who you are in terms of why this Reaper campaign has started. Um, not too much in terms of what's going on to the story. It's just more of friendly banter between them, the two characters that are polar opposites. Yeah. Um, Charlie falls asleep, and then we jump back to that silent assassin where she's uh, going through all of Vita's stuff, and then you have the uh, the scene where she does the, the VR. I think that was later, but I talked about... Uh, her trying on her clothes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next day, Charlie wakes up and she tries to go use the bathroom. And there's like a line a mile long of people like hand washing themselves in the in the drinking fountain. <laughs> yeah, and while they're waiting to go into the library bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. It's funny because there's this really disgusting dude washing his armpits with like a little rag while he's walking into the bathroom and. At least he's washing himself, I guess. I guess so. He looks like Danny DeVito. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That you know, I guess you know that I'm thinking about it. These people might be down and out, but at least they're cleaning themselves. Hey, at least so, yeah. At least you got that. Uh, after that, though, uh, she goes back to Vita, and Vita's cleaning her guns as she normally does. And the little dog is there that they have that they've been carrying around this whole this whole uh, this whole three issue run. They still have not come up with a name. They just call it dog. Yeah, it's just dog. Uh, she tries to call it something uh, Mutley. Yep. She calls it Mutley for to see if it would stick. <laughs> yeah, really. She's like, I'm gonna come up with a name for this dog. Um, <laughs> So she comes back, and Charlie asks Vita to show her how to use the gun. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, fine. So then they go into a room where they're, like, literally shooting books in the library. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> the funny thing <laughs> is, gunshots going off in that building, no one would no even one think cares. twice about it. No one cares. No. And so, so she teaches her how to load a clip, but uh, Charlie just can't do it. The bullets keep bouncing, right? Have you ever loaded a clip? Yeah, yeah. And so when you... Right, really you got to put some pressure on those on those bullets, and so in the story, hers keep popping, you know, Flicking right or left every face. time she tries to push it in. It's pretty great. Um, so yeah, she's like, "Now will you teach me how to shoot?" And then um, she says, "Yeah, I'll teach you how to shoot once you tell me why your Reaper campaign keeps growing." Mm-hmm. It's, now it's over a million. It's like one point five. Yeah, it's big. So it's huge. It's, it's like that Banksy. Stuff. Hey, did you see that Banksy thing going on? Yeah, it was crazy. So just for our listeners that don't know, Banksy is. One of the most prolific graffiti artists out there. He's uh, His real identity is unknown. He or she. Yeah, he or she. Um, so um, some of the people that speak for Banksy, though, um, refer to him as a he. And I think that's just to throw people off the trail even more. Do you? Yeah. Well, anyway. It's a woman. Well, anyway, the Banksy that was uh, up for sale at Sotheby's uh, was the girl with the red balloon. And... 1.4 million. As soon as that sale went through, there was a built-in shredder in the frame, and the print just started shredding itself. And now it's worth even more. I think they said it's it could be worth up to seven million dollars. Just because of the the event that happened to it. Yeah, wow. because it is the single most exciting thing that's ever happened at Sotheby's. I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet people are I mean, out. talk about stodgy. Does it's, that person still need to own it then? I don't know. I, I haven't read. I've been watching a lot of news coverage about it. The, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, as as a, as an art guy, and I love um, that attitude of 
Shepard Ferry of Banksy of uh, Space Invader of all these street artists and for someone like Banksy someone who doesn't they don't even know who he is and his stuff is being sold at Sotheby's right um, a place where his stuff should not be right and it, it and goes against what it goes against what, what, what it is right what it is and what these stodgy old folks think that art is very you know must be in a gallery <laughs> and then so here comes this edgy punk rock type thing into their gallery or into their um, auction house and it starts destroying itself. I think that's just awesome. It's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, right? It's, it's like, I don't know. It To well, me, it really says something. The person to set that off had to be there. Uh, yeah, I heard I heard he was there and he hit the button to, to. to trigger it. Why wouldn't you start searching people immediately for a button? Like a, something. Maybe it was in his cell phone. Maybe it was a cell app. Yeah, he. Crazy. From what I watched afterwards, um, he had done um, is make this frame long ago with the shredder in it in case something like this happened where his stuff was being sold as legitimate, expensive art. Yeah. And so he had that in his plan for a long time. And when this particular piece was brought up for auction... Uh, he carried it through, and I think that's I think that's just pure punk rock. You it's know, crazy. I love it. I mean, it's 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 very elaborate. What too. I mean, it, first of all, what a badass, and secondly, <laughs> secondly, what an asshole. <laughs> Someone spent four. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, and on the other hand, I'm going, God, that buyer must be pissed. I'd be. I'd, I'd want my money back. I mean, it's... the sale went through. The, you know, and that the gavel went down, right. and so. And then, it, and then it destroyed itself. And so, what do you do? I mean, what do you do in this situation? The where is still on their wall. It's yeah. on their property. Like, that's not my fault. The, like, the gavel is supposed to be the, at that point, it is the other person's responsibility. So, sales final. so where's the insurance lie, right? If we talk in terms of insurance, yeah. who's pays for it? I mean. I don't know. I don't want to be on any part of that. <laughs> but I mean, if I'm the person who bought it, yeah, I'm saying that shit's on your wall. Yeah, you didn't expend, it, it, you did not inspect that frame well enough. Yeah, known. I could see that. I mean, you know who this is. You, yeah, you know this person Banksy is crazy. Like, why wouldn't you put this thing through a fucking X-ray machine? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh shit! There's a whole shredder in the bottom of this. Maybe we should bust this thing. I out. mean, this guy used to go to the Louvre and replace pictures with his own artwork. <laughs> I have I've seen video, right? Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny as shit seeing him sneak in, pull something down. Um, this was um early nineties, I'm probably because there wasn't as tight of security as there is now. Right. But um yeah, and he would just replace it with something weird of his. Yeah. Put it up. Yeah. Fun. Anyway. Um God, we gotta get through this book. This is only our first book. Yeah, I know. Well, it is a long one. Um, but we're gonna start flying through it. Um yes. Um, teaching her to shoot they're shooting uh, she says yes I'll teach you how to shoot but once you tell me why your reaper keep, campaign keeps growing and then she just gets quiet she clams like, up thought so and then she's like stop acting like this you know fun Charlie you know like stop acting like you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. you, you don't know what you did mm-hmm. um, jump back to Trotter Trotter's still uh, being Trotter mm-hmm. blah 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 Trotter signing autographs he's done absolutely nothing towards finding He's Charlie, his action sequence. He's, he found a block in the city that an explosion will look good on. Yeah, but um, um, he actually has done no work into actually figuring out where Charlie might be. He doesn't care. So he's just glad-handed, being with fans. 
And then you jump back to the assassin. She's now trying out uh, Vita's VR with different uh, things. There. I love it watching the armed terrorist sky, or the armed terrorist skyjack a plane scenario, um, basic hostage negotiation scenario. Yeah, uh, this girl's just like living her dreams as far as being an assassin goes, uh, going through all these um, VR um, experiences. And I, I think Vita has actually never worked. A reaper, like she's never, or she's never actually killed anybody in real life or done anything like this. It's all in this VR. Vita's never been an assassin. She's always been a. She's a, from the Defender app. Right, right, right. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, that's what I was uh, looking for. It's the Defender app, but I don't think she's actually ever defended someone in real life. Yeah, probably not. Now that you think it's all been training in VR and doing this all in VR. She had the worst her. ratings on the app. Right. And you then, know, even in the comic, you do see her doing things in the VR. I think this That's is, her practice. Yeah, I think this is her secret. Is she's had thousands and thousands of hours in the VR. Yeah. She's never actually done any of this in real life. So, so that's kind of where... You think she's putting up a big front with Charlie going, I can't do my job if you act like this, yeah. you know. I think, you know. I think that's what she's ultimately wanted to be, but the VR has like put her to the point where she, that's has, a, the, she has the work experience, but not on the job experience. That wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Because, I mean, all these scenarios that they're running through, you know. Like in her headset that someone else is watching, yeah, right. or experiencing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening at Vita's house. Um, Charlie and uh, Vita are now leaving the library. Um, they were watching Wreck-It Ralph on the TV. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, so Wreck-It Ralph is on the TV. It doesn't say Wreck-It Ralph, but you recognize the characters. From the and then Ralph. all these kids are sitting in the little theater, and Charlie throws a fit about having to leave the movie. Yeah, she's like, I want to see how it ends. And it's like, no, come on, we'll leave it. Yeah, so, which surprises me that they have like a kid's hour in this really cruddy library slash hostel uh, place where people, you know, live. Yeah. And they probably have like a Saturday matinee for the kids, and they're, you know, putting these <laughs> semi- um, old. It's. I mean, Wreck It Ralph's not old, but no. I mean, it was five, six years ago at least. Yeah. Uh, but they get in their car. They're going to be heading to her house now. To Vita's. To Vita's house to gather some stuff. Yeah. To try and become untraceable. Yep. Um, in, as they get into the car, they notice uh, Vita notices behind them that one a double decker bus is like coming down the road, and it's like a Reaper tour bus. Yes. So and they're like, town. the tour guide is awesome. She's like. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll just look in front of us, there is the $1 million girl. Yeah, the $1 million girl. And if you like, <clears throat> reach under your seat for your complimentary firearm, you may begin firing now. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, complimentary firearm. Yes. Uh, and, like, this tour bus, um, I know it's it it's a couple different sections of it here because I know we jump between scenes. But um, I think it's hilarious how the tour bus will follow them anywhere. Like they get out of the car and run into a mall yeah. and the tour bus just plows in. Just plows into it. They put up the shields like this tour bus has <laughs> plating that comes around it. Armor plating. Armor plating. Shit. <laughs> it reminds me of the Batmobile from the Tim Burton movie in the 89 Batmobile. I, I when love he goes, that movie. I love that movie, but Batman kills people in that movie and it bothers me. He did? Straight up. Oh, dude, he straight up murdered like. In the first one, he straight up murders everybody in that factory. He just blows the full factory up. Yeah. Dead. The second one, he murders people. Ba- Batman up. would do that in the comics. He would blow up a building if there were people in there that deserved it. Uh, he's not a murderer in the comics. I just, he just not, it doesn't kill people. It just bugs me. Not, he wouldn't kill somebody. Like, he did not want Joker to fall 
at the end. No, I understand, but in that movie, he's like straight up murdering people. And then the second one, he threw that guy into a manhole. That was funny. With a bomb. Like, that was hilarious. That guy's dead. That, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was funny, right? All these circus folk are like going around him, and he's like, "Yeah, you're you're right." He literally just threw this guy with a bomb into the sewer, and the guy exploded. It's, he's that, dead. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that, that guy's. Gonna now that you say that, that was hilarious. But that was more for comedic effect. A little bit, but he's dead. Because you know, Batman Returns got got silly. I still like Batman. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good but it but not stupid. It you know, no. Batman and Robin got stupid. Oh yeah. Batman no. Forever got stupid. Fell off the rails. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh while all this is going on in the comic book though, the tour bus is chasing them, another car chase is happening, they're being shot at. Right. Uh Vita finally realizes with the dog backing in the uh, barking in the back seat that the dog has a chip in it. And that's yeah. how people have been tracking them. Yeah. It, so, so they're they're flying at a bat as a like a bat out of hell to get to Vita's house so they can get the chip out of the dog how long has vita been gone from her house that these meth addicts move in i don't think they moved in i think they've heard about this reaper campaign and vita is part of it so they know where vita lives so they've been breaking in looking for um looking for stuff to get her to come back okay because that's that's kind of their conversation they've got these like meth heads crackhead guys yeah in there and they're scouring the house and like how do we get her to come back how do we get her to come back well they end up well, at the time that they're in there, the silent assassin, as I'm calling her, she's in the house at the same time. Yep. And then she goes in the next room. She goes, can you stop doing that as they're lighting the house on fire? Yeah, they're lighting the house on fire. It's like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, and that's pretty much where the book ends. Um, yeah. The house v- is on fire. Vita the, comes home to a burning house. Vita and Charlie are standing outside. The house is ablaze. The tour bus is still. Everybody. Coming. Okay. You see all these marks all over. Everybody's on their social media sending out something. So, I mean, all these little blips all over the the thing made me think that they're probably texting or posting what, these, what do you yeah what do you think those oh, these are? are just lights do you think those are just lights that's a weird place yeah, for lights police lights they did them really weird that artist is lights. weird it is a little weird but it kind of you know how like you really when like a, you look at a police car and the lights yeah. are on, you really can't see the light bulb itself it's like this huge crazy okay so for those that don't know what I'm talking about. These vehicles, which now that John says it, he's absolutely right. But when I first saw them, they're they're star bursts. They're yeah. they're star shaped, colored blue mostly, and then some couple red um, lights, uh, which I thought they were just indicators of where people were sending or <laughs> or like sending off um, texts or posts of this burning house. I can see how you can see that. But uh, but no we, no I'm wrong. But <laughs> but the artwork. That is a really weird way to do sirens and and strange. lights. It's a little strange, but uh, that didn't uh, yeah, it didn't bug me. Oh, well, <laughs> they 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 must not have done their job if I didn't even get what they were doing. But that's crowded. Uh, the giant long explanation of crowded issue number three. Well, we only go into this so much because we really love this book. It's, it's so cool. It's, it's a phenomenal book. Um, truly inspiring in terms of uh, today's modern satire. What I like about it is okay. Yes, it's satire on the on millennials, but um, uh, more of just the app generation of just. I wouldn't say it completely targets millennials. I would just say it targets um, near future society. You know, it's just how we become more reliant on these apps to run our lives. I think we're almost already there because I mean, if you look at oh, some of these, are. like high school kids. This, that's why I say near future. You know, I mean, just, these high school kids when they're adults, they're going to act like this. You know, this is how they're going to be. I mean, not with assassinations and stuff, no. but but like Charlie acts. You know, like Entitled like there's no acts. like there's no consequences for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, 
let's move on. I've got um, another installment of the Sandman universe. Um, How is the Sandman universe going? I like it. Um, I, like it. I dropped House of Whispers, though, which was kind of like House of um, Mystery, uh, Vertigo's series uh, that was a spinoff from Sandman. Sure. Or it was in the Sandman world, I should say. So this one is just about the dreaming, which is where the Sandman lived. He's been out of the dreaming for a while, and things are going bad. Um, I honestly only got two pages into it before I fell asleep last night, so I haven't finished it, but it's it's pretty good. Um, I'll have to report on issue number three when uh, when that comes out. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the Sandman universe. For a couple of the titles. I'm enjoying the actual Sandman one and the Dreaming. See, and I've never been into Sandman, so I have just no, you know, nothing to add to that. Yeah. I think it's just uh, never got into it. Yeah, it's it's deep. I mean, it's really heady. Yeah. Um, it's very, it I, you know, I call it thinking man's comic book kind sure. of thing. Um, it's easy to go, what? What? Yeah, I tried I tried this other Neil Gaiman book the other day. It yep. was like tie into this fantasy stuff and I read it and I was just like hmm. when Neil well if it's a a, weird, there's a lot of weird homoerotic stuff in here it, okay so it was a tie into something else that's not his product yeah it was a tie into like that uh, Elfric thing but yeah. it was just okay um, it, I've it noticed really flat for me when he wrote a couple issues of Spawn they weren't good um, he really flat he is much better at his own creations sure. than than um, the, adding to someone else's world because he's so he's so identifiable in his strangeness yeah. that he really kind of changes the flavor if he's working on something else. Like when he wrote for Spawn, those issues, they don't put them in collective editions anymore because of a lawsuit between him and uh, McFarlane. Sure. Um, but, but um, you know, it was actually quite a big thing because Neil Gaiman is was expecting payment for two characters he created during those things and one of them being angela the big yeah. angel character angel hell yeah and she became popular and todd mcfarland said no you part of marvel comics now yeah todd said no you wrote this for spawn it's a spawn character so it's an image property and image built itself on the voice of creator owned right you know yeah. and so it was a huge Huge fight, you know, 20 years ago, but... But yeah, I read this issue, and uh, like I said, there was just like a, a lot of homoerotic stuff in there. Which really? I'm not a, I'm not a homophobe and, or like, you know, a, a dogger on, on gay culture or people. Just wasn't your cup of tea, though. It was just, I didn't see how it really, how it reflected to the story. Like, Was Alfred gay? What? No, no, <laughs> not, no, I'm sorry. I thought you said Alfred. I'm like, Elfric. no, we're talking about Batman. No... He was talking. It was like about a boy in his life and how he hated life and he liked to like read these Elfric books and that oh. was his escape. But then he was in this Catholic school, so it dealt with like some of the Catholic teachers, yeah, like abusing boys, yeah. And it there was just some lines that were like weird. Like it would talk about like how the kid would go to gym class and then go shower and he didn't want to shower. And then there would be boys. What book was this? There would be boys masturbating in the shower, like in like oh. groups, and I'm like. Oh. Why? Why? Like, why is this a... What? And it made me almost think that maybe there was a little bit of, like, biography in there, like, telling about his experiences yeah. that he had growing yep. up. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that was... I don't know. 
don't know. Maybe that was like shocking or something. But it was just weird. It just felt weird to me. And it, and it, and it wasn't like that was just the one scene. It, it happened like three or four times. Um, like, yeah, I'm a huge. It was, one li- it was called One Life. Oh, I'm a huge gaming fan, and I have to admit that not everything is a hit. So it when weird. It when weird, it just felt weird. When he wrote the novel American Gods, yeah, great book. Well, now it's in comic book form, and sure. the first few issues were good and, and now it doesn't translate well and it's really the book was what i call heady you know i mean yeah. it, it was really out there to begin with in the comic book you'd think it would be more easily digestible with pictures but it's not yeah so i've given up on that comic too but uh yeah this particular one was written by uh simon spurrier i like spurrier do you uh, spurrier does the coda book Oh, he does. I think so. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's so. Book. Well, the the dreaming is one of them I like. That's not written by Gaiman himself. Cool. Anyway, awesome. Oblivion Song. Oblivion Song. This comic has um, been nonstop awesome. It's been great, man. Ever since issue number one, Robert Kirkman's killing it. He's taken all his uh, life life experience in terms of working in comics and uh, thrown it into this creative masterpiece. Yeah. Um, Ed's not sure. What's happened to Nathan? Uh, Nathan's being held by the NSA, um, having to... He's being held for what he did, okay? He created a goddamn weapon that transported 10,000, whatever, how many people into another freaking world, okay? You know what? He created a machine that he didn't know what it was going to do. Well, that's too bad. He didn't know that it was going to do that when he flipped it on. Well, guess what? Now we want it to make it into a weapon. Well, yeah, now the government <laughs> the government just wants it to weaponize it. That is a WMD waiting to happen right there. This will be uh, forward, baby. They, we got to get over there right away. <laughs> they have WMDs. WMDs. Um, anyway, so Nathan's uh, um, um, former associate um, that they worked on this, this project of saving people yeah. from the oblivion, uh, Nathan shows up at his house in his orange... Uh, jumpsuit because he was given his darts. his the, dart his that little, his his teleporter darts yes jump back and forth into the, between realities so he jumped out of our reality to get out of jail jump back in also when he was jumping into the into oblivion and then right before and he, he fell out, he fell but did you see what he saw because there's it looks moment, like a ship there's a ship out there but then there's like a shadow of like a like a, a humanoid of some sort of being on the ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he saw, like, he didn't, as he hit the ground uh, in Oblivion, he, he, he hit himself with the other dart to jump back so that he could just get back to town. You know yeah. What I mean, like, he's just, he just blipped into Oblivion, ran a little bit, and then hit himself again so he could get out of his cell. Yeah. But as he fell and fell into this, you know, big lake or whatever, there's this boat or a ship in the, dis- in the distance and there's like a humanoid person on the bow. Yeah. It's like a little shadow. And he's like, te- there's nothing he can do. He's just, he's teleporting in the process of teleporting back into yeah. our reality. But it's a cool scene because I'm like, it, ooh, there's like intelligent life there. But like, he knows there's people there. So I don't know why that was a, a big deal. Because it's it's not a person person. It's like an alien type of person. Oh. They haven't seen like an alien intel- intelligent life. They've seen. Well, we don't know that it's not a human. It's just a silhouette of a guy standing there. But it's a weird silhouette with like elongated arms and shit. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? It yeah, I see what you like mean now. Slender Man. Like... <laughs> it does look like Slender Man. So I can tell his face. He's like, what am I looking at? Like. You know and then I mean? and then when he um, 
cool. When he teleports back to uh, our world, he almost gets hit by a car. Yep. He shows up at his former colleague's place knocking, and that guy is going, what the hell are you doing yeah. here? He's like, I don't even want to talk to you right now, but come on in and clean yourself up. Yep. So uh, they have banter back and forth of what's happening, and uh, he's like, don't tell me why you made this thing, and I don't even want to know why. And, you know, I, He's like, I can probably figure out what happened. You know, you turned it on. You caused this whole thing. But um, he said, you need to help me because they're, they're going to want to use this as a weapon. So he wants to steal it back. Yeah, um, we, need, we need it back. But anyway, Ed runs into Lucy. Is his former girlfriend? Must be like a former lover or something, because she recognizes him, his, recognizes him instantly. And Even though he's really gro- grody, he and, looks like a bum. Yeah, he looks like a stinky bum. Uh, but um, she wants to chat with him, just not out in public. Yeah, I think she's being followed because of her past and like yep. you know, her connections. Yep. And so they go to her apartment, and he explains what things are like there. He wants to take her there, and she's like, I can't go. Yeah, he's like, you know, I, I want to take you to oblivion. There's no, there's no, like, there's no worries there. Like, there's no thing, there's no pressures of society. Yeah, she's, but she's married to a awful husband, I guess. Yeah, I guess she, she must, I've never heard of this guy, so he must be some abusive guy or something. Well, yeah, um. Basically, Lucy had to move on in the 10 years that Ed was gone, which is understandable. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know, that always kind of sucks. It reminds me of uh, Castaway when Tom Tom Hanks comes home. Doesn't that break your heart? You're like, oh, no. And and the new husband even tries to be cool about it. He's like. Yeah, I mean, there's literally nothing Tom Hanks can do. She's forged her own new family. Yeah. He understands, like, you have to live your life now. I'm gone. Yeah. I was gone. But even that, the, the new husband's like. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, he's he doesn't know what to say. I mean, he married this guy's fiance. What do you what do you say? Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. You know, you can't, no it's not like to... he stole her away, no. but still it to to uh, the character Tom Hanks was playing, it definitely felt like that. Yeah, but I mean But but he knows fuck. but like, in know. his head logically he knows okay, he didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have to just let let the past and let it go you know i mean it sucks and that's what got him through that the the, the island was her yep man but yeah there's kind of like that moment for sure i love it about this book nathan then shows up at the apartment too and tells ed i need you to help me get that machine back and he goes just point me in the right direction yeah, man. come on little brother let's go i love it so uh they're getting ready to jump back into uh oblivion, oblivion. um I'm not sure what they're trying to do jumping back into Oblivion, though. I mean, maybe maybe what they can do from Oblivion, they can figure out where they are in retrospect to the real world and then instantly blip into where they need to go. Yeah, they'll have to figure out where they're, keep, where they're holding the machine first. Right. So, so that's kind of... On our side, so they can't jump yet. But I also think uh, Ed really wants to go back. Oh, yeah. He wants to go back for the sake of going back. Um, Did you read the um, follow-up page? I read the the follow-up page. There's a page after the letters page that's a preview slash um, cliffhanger. For the next issue. Yep. And I don't know. Um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, I, I think Robert Kirkman... You've said he, you think he has a team writing for him, but if he's writing it on his own, he's he's doing awesome because I, this and Walking Dead. Uh, speaking of which, all I, those Walking Deads came out this week. I was saying that I think Walking Dead is now coming to a spot where other people write it and Robert Kirkman signs off on it. 
this I think is still Robert Kirkman's baby, like in terms of intellectual love baby kind of thing, where he's writing the whole thing. I think this is his for sure. Because huh. it's not that I don't know. It's not that Walking Dead is bad. It's just he's a busy guy, uh-huh. and Walking Dead sells itself at this point. It doesn't need Robert Kirkman to write every page and everything that about it. I think he has a group of people doing it, and he just signs off. Yes, that's good. No, that's bad. I would think that anything else with his name on it would be what he does that to. Walking Dead's always been his baby. At this point, it's it pays for itself. It's too big to fail kind of thing. You know, unless yeah. something crazy, crazy, crazy happens in the book, but the book is just going to keep continuing to sell. Like it's just it's it's ingrained now. It's. It's like a. It's, it's like, like the Amazing Spider-Man was in the '90s. Sure, sure. Or like you know, uh, Call of Duty, the video game. I mean, the new one just came out, but even, and the new one is really, really fun. Uh, just to talk about video games for a second. But in prior years, even bad Call of Duty games would yeah. come out, still sold over a million copies. Yeah. It's too big to fail. It's become so big and so large. Zelda's like, like that. Right, Zelda, uh, Star Wars. You yeah. Know, you can release mediocre product and people will still go to see it have you seen attack of the clones i mean it still made money <laughs> still yeah, made money it's true phantom menace made oodles you know why phantom menace did though because nobody knew what it was going to be like right. no, so they had that. to go 100%. it has a star wars fan and new fans you had to go to episode I think, one i think the only thing that failed recently with star wars was solo which I don't understand because I thoroughly enjoyed Solo. It was a freaking so awesome good. movie. So good. Such a good movie. But I, I almost enjoy the interludes better than the actual episodes of Star Wars. Because they're fun. Yeah. There's no gravity in terms of like this has to be good. This this has, this to, has be... to fit this line right. or like, it has to be canon or I'm not I'm gonna be pissed and you know and Han Solo was sure it's official canon now but I mean. It just holds up as fun. Like, yeah. You know I mean, it's just a super fun movie. There is a meme going around where it shows a whole bunch of soccer moms standing around. Uh, they're all wearing tan beige vests, and they all have on, you know, mid-calf leather brown boots, and the meme says, it's Han Solo season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Makes it's the pumpkin spice season. It's, it's Han Solo basic white girl season yeah i just wanted to talk about quantum age real quick this is the sister series to uh black hammer jeff lemire's uh two series that are really going well right now uh so the quantum age takes place well into the future um of uh in the same world as black hammer got lost the title of that for a second black hammer well anyway so Big reveal in this one. Spoiler alert. Jump ahead 45 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. Okay. So there's this mechan- There's this AI that the AI's son, it can... Uh, John's playing a video if you can hear that. He's playing it off his phone. I didn't mean to. I clicked into my thing. So you weren't even listening. I'm listening to you talk about your Quantum Age stupid book. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, so basically, this AI has a, a living child, and the child wants to go out and live amongst people or amongst other living things, and the mother grants it. So the kid goes out, and he's made fun of for a while because his brain is exposed and all this stuff like that, but there's tons of different species that live on Earth now. Um, but anyway, this is the beginning of the Quantum League, which is kind of the... The the follow up to 
the superhero team of Black Hammer. Sure. Um, but as time goes on, he realizes he do, he had to he had to kill his friends to save more people, and that really broke him up. So he wanted to go back home and have his mother um, let him back into the AI instead of being a living thing. And basically, we find out that the AI is this uh, um, robot called Talkie Walkie. Um, oh my god, you lost me all right there. You which lost me. <laughs> Talkie-walkie? Yeah, not walkie-talkie. It's talkie-walkie. He, because it's a robot, okay? I understand. I was with you until that point. Okay. Because it's a talkie-walkie. I'm like, this is dumb. So, talkie-walkie is a robot from the Black Hammer series. So He's a bad guy. Well, he would know. Not necessarily. It's just, this is the first time a character from the main series has appeared in this spinoff. They've talked about the them in the past, but this is the first time one of them is actually here. They've talked about him, but have they walked about him? <laughs> walkie-talkie, talkie-walkie. Do they all have dumb names? Hey, hey, let's back off here. Jeff Lemire is a great writer. <laughs> you know how I feel about <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, you know how I feel about Jeff Lemire. Yep. Well, speaking of stupid names, let's jump into my book here. We have Motherfucker! If you didn't understand that, that was Murder Falcon. Yeah. Uh, you just really peaked here, so I'm not I'm sure, sure if it. I'm sure it wasn't even understood. No. Well, that and uh, all the dogs in the in the uh, area heard me. Murder Falcon. So, Murder Falcon is a new image and skybound creation from Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, this had, book is a riot. I had to put it back just for uh, money's sake, and well, it's um, funny because you were in the shop. Yeah. Speaking of the shop, we're sitting at Rainbow Comics, 3310 South Minnesota Avenue, the sponsor of this podcast tonight on tonight's show, and that's who we're brought to you by. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about more about them later. Well, you were standing in the shop, and I was like, yeah, I had to give my copy of Murder Falcon away, and you were like, oh, you can have mine. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I know, because it was in my pile, and then I'm going... I don't have money for I have, <laughs> I have ongoing series that I like to read, and then I like to collect new series as well. So I had to make a game time decision just over, well. yeah, whether this was a series that I would continue on with because I right now I just don't have the money to buy um, books on spec that well, that I that I may not like. Take a risk, yeah. Yeah, I, I I just can't do that right now. Yeah. So when you said yours was gone, that you gave it to a customer to buy, I'm like, dude, here's mine because I'm not gonna buy it. So. And I love you for it because this is hilarious. Is it? First page, you open up, monsters attacking the city. The cops are all everywhere. Run, everybody, run. Right. The tanks are there trying to take this thing up like, open fire. Bow, bow. They're trying to take out this beast, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden, this blue van drives up, right? Guess who jumps out? Our boy. Our boy, his name is, I think, uh, Jake? Jake. I don't, I don't know. Our boy's name is Jake. I think so. He's a guitar-playing hero. Oh, yeah. Our boy Jake jumps out the van, and he's like, oh, this cop's like, who the hell are you? He's like, me. I'm Jake. Now, okay, let's stop. Hey, this hey, isn't hey. just a van. This is a 70s boogie van, oh, yeah, not too different like, from the one that I drive. This thing's like Dragon Slayer cool. It's like, yeah, <laughs> not, okay, you know, yeah. honestly, this is why I drive a van, because I have it in my head that I'm driving a cool boogie van, right, yeah. man? That's it, not true. It, it's kind of like that, though, but it's... It's the it's the I'm in a metal band van. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. But anyway, it drives up and the cops like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Jake." And then uh, 
out of the corner, someone's like, it's going to eat my baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we jump to this lady who's like, ah, she's got her baby and the giant monster's about to eat her. And then, <laughs> and then J- Jake's like, hey, ugly. Yeah, I'm talking to you. There'll be no ba- baby eating on my watch. <laughs> the cop is like, whoa, whoa, what the hell are you doing, kid? I uh, I didn't even read this issue, but it sounds like it's another Chris Evans thing where he's so like, amazing. don't worry about it. Kind I got of, this covered. Kind of. He's like, what the hell are you doing? We tried everything. You're, what are you going to do? You're going to get yourself killed. And he's like, don't worry. I don't need weapons, officer. And he's like, zip clutch. I have brought metal. And he's got like a friggin' guitar. But it's a guitar. Right? But... Yeah, he's got a guitar. I bet he just starts... Re- Re, you know, yeah, rocking. Yeah. Called it. And then all of a sudden, there's like lightning, kakoom, and this giant fucking murder falcon. God, this, down. this is better than Metal Apocalypse. Yeah, uh, he looks like Doomfist from the Overwatch games. He's got the big metal arm on the one side, and he's like a falcon with the Rambo headband and a cargo pants with a belt buckle that says MF on it. Motherfucker. Murder falcon. Motherfucker. <laughs> right? Yeah. You no, know, he shows up and he's like, boom. He's I'm like, I'm working on my. I'm working on my language on this show. I'm a teacher now. Yes, you are. You're trying to be nice. I'm trying. Uh, the Falcon turns around and he goes, are you ready? And then he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, let's do this. He starts shredding on his guitar. And then uh, it powers Yngwie up his Yngwie right here. It powers up his, his arm. Oh, shit. Yeah. So really? He's shredding. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> and then boom. The harder he plays, the bigger his muscle gets. Yeah, like oh, bigger, shit. The more power goes in this arm. And then the murder falcon's like, yes! And then they start shredding, and he's like, better watch out, monsters. Metal would destroy all evil! And then, like, they slam down. Man, this is, like, even better than the new Lieutenants of Metal. This is better than, like, this is, like, new Lieutenants of Metal meets, like, Fujitsu good. Yeah. This is great. So that was the first opening three pages, okay? All right. I'm with you. Now we jump back. Does it slow down a little bit? A little bit. Okay. Now a somber two weeks ago, Jake is sitting alone on a park bench, looking Hmm. very sad. His buddy pulls up. Yeah. Hey, Jake. What's up? You missed the bus? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the next one. He's like, no, man. I'll give you a ride. It's okay. And then he's like, it's been a while, man. It's been a year since that happened. And they show a flashback of uh, Jake smashing his guitar into an amp at a band practice. So, man, he must have, like, broken up with his band. Well, yeah. And once you do that, it's kind of expensive to rebuy your equipment. Right. So, Jake (laughs) hasn't played music since then. It was a year ago. So, he gets into the car. He's like, how you been? He's like, I've been all right. Yeah, you know, people really talk to us about like getting the band back together. <laughs> so he's an old band member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, we should really do that. You know, the like the record industry still, the record label still interested. You know, if you, what do you got? Yeah. Going? He's like, I haven't touched my guitar since that day. Like, it's all right, man. <laughs> oh my god, let's do it. Right. It's gonna be a good jam. Yeah. So he drops him. He drops him off at his house, and he's like, Hey, man. Well, if you need anything, just hit me up. And Jake's like, All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> So Jake is walking to his house, right? And he lives right next to Nate's music uh, repair shop. And the guy's like, hey, Jake, how are you? And the guy, and Jake's like, How convenient that he lives right, you know, right next to a store that can sell my new guitar. I love it. I love it. Uh, He's like, oh, hey, Nate, how's it going, man? How are you doing? How's the health? And he's like, eh, it's okay. You know, I'm not doing that great. Is that what he sounds like? Yeah, I think that's a good sounding voice for that guy. I don't don't know. He doesn't look like that. I like it, though. It's like old, old old-timey. Who cares what you think? (laughs) (laughs) So they talk for a second, <laughs> and he's like, I could really use the business, you know, and like, yeah. all this. And he's like, you should get that guitar yours fixed. And he's like, maybe. Maybe I will. And then Getting it fixed. He broke the damn neck when he smashed it in. Right. At that point, just buy a new one. And he's like, well, 
how about I treat you to, to some dinner? Have you eaten? He's like, well, I'm good. He's like, nah, my treat. Come on. So they go and eat. And then they're eating at this little diner. This uh, lady comes up. She's like, more coffee? Jake's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, hey, Jake, when are you going to start writing some more music? I listen to your stuff every day. And she shows him her phone. And she's been playing his music. She's like, it really calms me down. <laughs> so he writes metal music. So he's, like, really good. And people want him to do this. Yeah. But he just can't go back. Like, because he, he, like, just smashed his guitar and, like, left this, like, band. You know? Yeah. So he's, like, really broken up. Like, everybody loves his stuff. But he's, like, totally... Is this... Is this... Okay. Does this weird um, depression of his have anything to do with the Murder Falcon scene? Uh, we're getting to there. We're getting there. We'll see. We'll okay, because right but, now I'm going, are they two different things? Are they the same thing? kind of two different things, like what's happening and All right. the Murder Falcon. But anyway, uh, they eat and then everything, um, they, get, they get done. And Jake's walking back to his house with his little to-go bag. Yep. He comes into his house. He takes his keys onto the counter. He goes to sit down. He looks into the corner, the dark corner where his smashed guitar is sitting. And then all of a sudden, there, he hears a growl, and he turns around. He's like, huh? And there's this giant insectoid thing that's, like, hissing at him in his apartment. That thing I, I would not think would growl. Hiss is a better word. It's, I'm, I'm literally reading from the book. Growl. I Yeah, I know. But then when they show it, the next page, and it says hiss, and it shows the thing. It's very arachnid. Hiss is a better hiss sound. Better. You know, almost like a locust, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? And then he's like, what the heck? He's like, stay back. So he grabs his guitar, right? And then he's like... And he's, like, trying to brandish the guitar, but all of a sudden, crazy light happens, and the guitar fixes itself, and he's like, whoa, my guitar, it's repaired. And then all of a sudden, the murder falcon shows up, right, out of this electricity and lightning and shit. He's like... <laughs> God, the guy looks like Rambo. I know, it's great. So so this guy... So Jake is like, my guitar, it's been... And then... Okay, so let me... I'm going to I'm gonna take over here, uh, just, yeah, yeah. just as a an observer of the art... Okay, so um, Jake, the guitar player, his, he's so amazed, his guitar's fixed, yes. um, and then, boom, the lightning happens, his guitar's fixed, and there's a guy that looks like Rambo just standing there in the midst of the lightning that just happened. I, it couldn't be more ridiculous. It's so awesome. And then uh, This is like an 80s action sci-fi movie. Yes, Jake is sitting on the ground, Murder Falcon standing above him, He's like, who the heck are you? He's like, my name's Murder Falcon. He's like, Murder what? I thought they met in the last issue. or the, I mean, not the last issue, at the beginning. This was two weeks ago, though. Oh, okay. Two weeks prior. Okay. So, so like, the, the first three pages were, like, now. Yeah. This is, like, two weeks ago. You did say that. I yeah. missed that. And then, uh, all of a sudden, the Murder Falcon gets tackled by this giant arachnid crazy thing. No. And he's like, you know, trying to fight it. And then he's like, Jake, Jake, quickly, play something. He's like, what? Play what? He's like, anything you need to play. I work off the power of metal. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Quickly, play the guitar. Play anything. So he plays one chord. He's like, and then all of a sudden, Murder Falcon just, boosh, just hits this thing. He's like, yes, that's great. Keep going. So he's like, this is insane. He's like, do it. He's like, uh, how about an E chord? Perfect. Just busting this thing. I, um... He's like, don't stop now. It's almost down. He's like, he's like, yes, the power of metal fuels me. It's awesome. Yeah. Kills it. I was, uh, it's, it's I was just thinking it, it is like Scott Pilgrim. Um, much like, uh, it's very much like new lieutenants of metal. Um, and it's got a, like you said, uh, 
um, Fujitsu vibe. Yes. Um, just ridiculousness. This murder falcon is a falcon looking face yes. on a man's body, body. with a um, robotic arm. arm that gets pumped up when it hears metal music. It's awesome. And then, so uh, that, that that's an adequate description. And he's wearing um, cargo pants, no shirt, cargo pants, and um, Chuck Taylor's. Yep, with a belt red, buckle that red, MF on it. Yeah, with, a, with, an, with an MF belt buckle. Uh, this is the most ridiculous looking character I've ever seen. So cool. No, so, it's not. I'm gonna read. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you one more excerpt before I finish up with this book. I'm not gonna get through the rest of it, or because uh, um, it, it does wrap up really quickly. But uh, Jake is like, "Wow, that was nuts. What do we do now?" Yeah. He's like, "Well, Jake, together through the power of rock, we might be able to fix the tear that haunts all humans." He's like, "Huh?" Huh? <laughs> oh, there's a tear in reality. He's and... like, a portal to another dimension inhabited by the king of all hatred and fear, his name is Magnum Chaos, has been planning to attack for centuries. He feeds off human anxiety, cruelty, secretly sucking the negative energy into the dark world. And now he has the fuel he needs to power the passageway to bring these monsters, the Veldar, to your planet in order to enslave all of humanity. With your help, Jake. The Veldar. Yeah. With your help, Jake. He's like, hold on. You're, you're recruiting me to this crazy thing to defeat monsters with music? Yes. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> and then they get into this thing while, you know, he's like, I'm not worthy. I suck. And he's like, dude, he's like, I come from a land of metal where creatures like myself choose our companions, and I chose you. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he's like, <laughs> so he's like, Jake. You need to help me get your band back together. <laughs> oh, no. I knew you were going there. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so Bill and Ted. Yes. Oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, so the, the comic goes on. Oh, man. I'm envisioning they, Keanu Reeves as this character. They, def- they defeat the first monster. They come and uh, they come to a point where they're trying to figure out what's next, and that's where they figure out they need to get the band back together to fight this monster. Threat. Okay. So uh, when, amazing, when Murder Falcon introduced himself. Yeah. Can't you just hear Keanu Reeves' voice going, What? Yes. No, bro. No. I'm the murder falcon. <laughs> Jake, I need you. No, Jake as Ke- Keanu Reeves as Jake. Oh, Keanu Reeves as Jake? That could work too. Yeah, I mean, right, just right. totally like clueless and be like, Whoa, bro. You're like a falcon. Oh, that we are. A six, six, six book. It's called Murder Falcon. Check it out if you missed it. Um, I know reorders are coming to a lot of shops. A lot of places under underordered on it because I mean it's a book called Murder Falcon. But man, I picked up the Ash Can of this, and I picked up the regular copy. The Ash Can, I like, was intrigued. Yeah. But I didn't really like really give it too much thought. And right. I read the book and hilarious. I love it. You were about to say though. We are. Would you recommend me hunting it down online or buying it when it's restocked? Or, I mean, because your description of it, I'm not really on board, but you are the one who actually read it. You think it's something that I'd like? I'm literally on the fence over whether I want to try and get it or not. I would say you can read my copy if you want and see if you like it. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I like stupid stuff. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't, I think this borderlines on stupid. But, oh, yeah, but shoot. Genius. You didn't think it was stupid. No. Oh. <laughs> That's that's so that's that's so cute, John. Uh did I loved it. Have you been keeping up with Venom? Yep, I read Venom number seven. Okay. So Ven- this, 
Venom, Venom number six ended with him throwing the dragon and Null into the blast furnace, him holding it shut, symbiote getting burned, Eddie passing out. Yeah. We didn't know if he was dead, but... Um, the, the symbiote left him. He's like, I can't hear you anymore. Yep. Eddie! Yeah, so Eddie, uh, he was um, taken into custody, um, and then... We don't containment know. Team was set yeah, like a containment set team. So we don't know this, um, and Eddie doesn't realize this either. But at the start of this book, it's um, months down the road, right? Yeah. And so. He's been there for like three months. Yeah, Eddie's got a beard. Um, um, we don't see any scars from the burn, so. Nope. He's been healed. He's been healed, so that's pretty cool. What bugged you about this book? It's just filler. Mm, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It does nothing to advance the story. Like we, like this whole book, we're sitting in an interrogation room. There's no. Yeah. Nothing. Every and once in a while, you need that. There's, and that's fine. Yeah, it sets up. It sets up the next uh, round because also the artist took a break. Like the main artist. Yep. The artist took a break. But I mean, you can you can wrap up this whole book in like three sentences. You know, like Eddie's trapped in this interrogation room. Yeah. Has no memory because his symbiote has wiped his memory to protect him. Okay. There's this crazy guy named Reed Richards who's not Reed Richards. That's what I'm asking about. What do you think that's about? Because this is a new character. I don't, Marvel hasn't introduced him before. Maybe they have, but, and, and I'm not huge on the Marvel Universe, but he has to be some multiverse Reed Richards. He's called the Fixer. Yep. And he's, Dude. and he looks stupid. I mean, I this, hate, I hate his helmet. This, I hate it. This helmet reminds me so of, dumb you know, some African tribes where they wrap babies' heads, right, so that they are pointy (laughs) out the back, right? It reminds me of that. It's got a little bit of a Stargate vibe to it. I don't know. It's got a stupid vibe to it. It's got the visor, and why wear it? But he must be, like, jumping through the quantum realms and, like, uh, making weird things happen. The coolest parts about this book is we find out that Venom's venom, like uh, the stuff that comes out of his mouth, like the drool yeah. and excrement that yeah. comes out of his mouth is actually the way that he urinates. That well, that but defecates. Like, it's the way that it gets rid of bullets when it eats bullets. Yeah, stuff. it's like, its waste. Yeah, it's yep. a waste product by protecting you from projectiles and things. So I like yep. that as cool because we've never heard that before. No, we haven't. That's a new thing, and and, I, and Eddie didn't know that either. Right. So that tells me that's this. Um, you know, when the symbiote mate reconnected with the hive, it gained new powers. The flying thing from a few issues ago. But now he um, no longer has those powers. No, because they've cut. Severed the ties. They've severed the ties by killing Null, but the hive is still, you know, yeah. alive somewhere. And, um, okay, so we learned that Eddie still has the symbiote in him, but the symbiote cannot it no take longer, it. It can, can't take an active role. Well, it no longer has the personality it used to. It no longer was... has a personality at all. It no no longer is that Venom symbiote that Eddie's grown to love. Yeah, this version of it literally operates on pure instinct. Yeah. And so when... Survival. Yes. It's a lot like Spawn's costume at the beginning of Spawn, beginning of the series, where where it reacts in times of crisis. It it protects its host. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, when they tried to capture Eddie right after the burn... He um, took all those bullets, spit them out, whatever, made made a mess of the team that came in to take him. Yeah, he killed like four guys. Yeah. Um, they tracked him for like three weeks yeah. before they found him outside of his dad's house. They yes. Him outside of his dad's house, and they uh, used their sonic guns on him, neutralized what's, him. What's the relationship with Eddie and his dad from the past? I haven't read. I don't, I don't know. Don't yeah. know. 
I have a couple Spider-Man trade paperbacks that are um, uh, compilations of Venom um, storylines. Yeah, I've never really known that there was tension between that or I think that might be a device, like a new device. Oh, new. Okay. You know what I mean? I didn't know if like we're missing something like uh there's been this long going ongoing beef with Eddie, you know, but I think it's just giving the family aspect and like giving us a, a new avenue of drama. That he tried to go home when yeah, he tried to go home and then when he was new, in trouble. There's a new Dylan character who's a, a child, so uh, and Eddie doesn't know who that is. He's like, Who's Dylan? Yeah. And I think it's probably his brother. Somebody or maybe because uh, I mean Because he saw you? Eddie saw his dad. Yep. And then the kid said the kid to the left of the porch said, Dad, who is that? And he says, he's no one, son. But, you know, that being Eddie's dad, I think it's a half-brother Something of Eddie's. But I think that's I think that's a device of Donny Cates, like, trying to create some a new storyline. Yeah. So, which I'm fine with. Yeah. I just don't like this fixer character is who I don't like. Yeah. It's, he's weird. I mean, I'm interested to see where that goes. And then the, the issue also ends on a weird cliffhanger, too, because it's like, uh, he's telling he's telling Eddie, like, you know, we'd like to ask other people who've had, uh, you know, who, who've been possessed by the symbiote uh, how to use this thing or how to figure out where the null sample went because the null sample's been stolen because they contained a null sample out of the furnace. And then he's like, we'd like to ask Flash Thompson, but Flash Thompson is dead. And it's like, what? I'm like, what? The, okay, why doesn't, <laughs> why doesn't Eddie know that Flash died? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure... This is the, this is where we 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 uh, we struggle because we don't follow the Marvel universe that much. Did you see? Have you read? Okay, did he die in Amazing Spider-Man or this series? It wasn't this series. Okay, so there was a oh yeah, it was at the end of um, that run of Amazing Spider-Man with the Red Goblin. Oh yeah, 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 and Flash Thompson died. Flash Thompson died to take it down, and that was Amazing Spider-Man. Eddie was involved in all that. I'm guessing that. He doesn't have memory of that because of the symbiote thing. Either that, I'm going to go back and look because he was wearing, um, Flash Thompson was wearing the the white version of the symbiote, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, Patriot Spider. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> I don't know what Flash Thompson. I don't know. But anyway, um, that's when um, he was killed during the the melee with uh, Red, Goblin. Red Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing that the symbiote. In this storyline, I mean, we've already known that it's wiped his memory on certain aspects. Maybe it wiped his memory of that because it's painful. Could be. And because that's what the fixer tells him. He's like, it's wiping your memory to protect you. Yeah. You don't remember things you're not supposed to remember, but you also don't remember things that would hurt you mentally. That, that would make sense. I'm going to go back and check, and that would make sense to. Because I'm like, Eddie Venom was in that fight, too. You know, yeah. it was Spider Man, Flash Thompson, uh, Eddie, all of them, um, you know, against. Uh, Norman Osborn and so Flash died. Yeah, but I think that's the biggest thing about this issue is like there's just no real advancement of the story. There's just a lot of back talk. Like it's just a lot of talking. You know what? That's fine. You know what it's this silly. issue is? Because of that statement right there about Flash Thompson, it connects it to the rest of the Marvel Universe, which sure. we, which now we don't like it. The book because we liked this book because it was it, by it stood it stood alone, and now they're reconnecting it again, and it's like Donny Cates. Still love him as a as a writer, Even though, but uh, he's becoming more mainstream uh, comics than than his indie, indie stuff. But even in that first book, we had Miles Morales showed up, and that didn't break anything for us. You know? Yeah, Miles to me is such a small character. Yeah, 
I don't know. I don't He's know, got his own book, but I'm still. I'm definitely going to continue. I mean, I love the first storyline. I'll see where this goes and where they're trying to go. But uh, the instant I don't see Donny Cates' name on this, I'm not buying it. I'm just. It's just oh, yeah, I'll stop. It's just I really love what he does. And uh, the issue itself was filler to me. And I think it's just we're in that buffer stage where Donnie has gone out of the gates, like 0 to 60. Like that first Venom run, 1 through 6, was so stellar. Yeah. And we're so used to it that we're not ready for this slowdown of a build-up to a next storyline. So, yeah. So I'm going to give it a little bit, absolutely. But if it, if his name pops off of it and somebody else walks in, I'm like... Ooh. It probably will pop soon because he's got another uh, series now he's gonna be with Marvel. Galaxy, yes. Which... I will definitely read. That'll be cool. And we can review. Uh, that'll be cool. Because um, we only review Venom, not necessarily because of the Venom character, but because of what Donny what Donny Cates can do with it. Yep. That gives it that independent, um, rugged any, feel. Well, and I'll fight anybody tooth and nail saying that 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 first six six issue run of Donny Cates is yeah. the most original storyline Venom's had in years. That's the most original storyline Marvel has had in years. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, you know. I mean. Cripes, we're still talking about um, um, Civil War. We're still talking about... Um, and those were years Cripes, ago. we're back to Bruce Banner, you know, again. You people, know, talk, people talk about the original Secret Wars. Yeah. Those were decades ago at this point. Yeah, and, and yeah, the recent Secret Wars. Uh, we're still talking about Captain America being part of... Um, being part of the of Red Skull, what the hell's the Hydra. other Hydra? Thank you. Uh, being part of Hydra, and I'm like, but this is so dumb. Yeah, but they, those weren't meaningful stories. You know? No, meaningful stories were like you said. Civil War was a meaning, meaningful one. Yep. Uh, the original Secret Wars was a meaningful one. Yes, but those were from the '80s. Secret Wars right. was in the mid '80s. Right. Civil War was the most recent one. Yeah. Two thousands, but yeah. But yeah, this Venom storyline, so good. Yeah. So good. So good. At, so good. At least they're not making a the the reference they made to Flash Thompson is only a couple months old. At least they didn't jump back and go, Peter Parker's Spider Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> because right. Eddie learned that a long time ago. Yeah. That or do something where I don't know. It ties into an issue from like four years ago, and then you the spec book and like Donny Cates is yeah. Uh, they make you go track that down. Yeah. Anywho, on yeah. that note, uh, we love Donny Cates. We do. And uh, Chris Evans, uh, I'm going to put that as the title of this episode. Chris Evans. Because Chris Evans it, it felt Chris Evans heavy, and he wasn't even, nothing was about Chris Evans. It was just me going, Chris Evans is awesome. He is awesome. He's, anyway. He uh, the murder falcon. Yeah. So he's wrapping up his Captain America run, too, as the as the actor. He is done. Yeah. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he'll be acting for a while. He wants to be behind the camera. So he wants to direct. I haven't heard. Is Captain America going to continue being in the Marvel movies? No, I or think he's going to die. Okay. I think, he's, I think the Chris Evans Captain America will die, but Falcon oh, Buck Falcon's there, and Bucky Barnes has played Cap in the comic books. He could, he could pick up the shield. Why not? Yeah, I don't. I, don't I think having a run of Bucky Barnes would be cool because that was a huge part of the Captain America mythos, right? I don't think you're not. You're not going to have a Marvel universe where Captain America doesn't exist and he's gone, gone. Yeah. There's some. There's going to be somebody to pick up the mantle, but I think Chris Evans will die in the next film. I think it'll be pretty cool though if I think the a lot of them will die. if the Winter Soldier becomes Captain America. I think that'll that be, be badass because that actor's like cool. Falcon too. Would you? I yeah. hate that character. I like that character. <laughs> Do you? I like him. Uh, the way that he's played in the movies, yes. Yeah. The comic books, not. I'm just like, what is the point of him? I like Anthony Mackie though. I think he does a good job. Yeah. That brings us to the bottom of our stacks, and that's the first time in a long time we've actually gone through 
our whole stacks, really. Yeah. I mean, I only had three books, but uh, man, Crowded took like 40 minutes to get through. Yeah, it was big. Uh, when I read yours a little while ago, I was going, okay, I'm still going. It's I'm like, content. I was going, I wonder if John thinks I'm a slow reader. No, I mean, no, that's no. what I was thinking in my head going, because it was taking me a long time. That one, I mean, issue three advanced the story a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I said. I'm like going, there is a lot of info in yeah, here. Yeah, you did say that to me. Uh, but that's it for our episode. So we'll see you, uh, next week. Well, they won't see us. This is audio. I'm talking to you. Oh, I'll see you. I'll see you on Wednesday, dude. Okay. That's like in four days. Yes. Speaking of Wednesday, what is Wednesday? It's New Comic Day, right? New Comic Book Where Day. Do you pick up your new books? I pick up my new books at Rainbow Comics, Cards, and Collectibles Ooh. here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. There is a second location in Lincoln, Nebraska. I almost said Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> The addresses in Sioux Falls are 3310 South Minnesota Avenue. The address in Lincoln is 1501 Pine Lake Road, Suite 17. Or you can hit us up anywhere on the World Wide Web, rainbowcomicsandcards.com. You can Snapchat the store at JPATRainbow. Uh, you can also message us on our Facebook. You can send us personal emails. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with the store. You can also call us at 338-9519. And, uh, I'd like to bring up the um, uh, the having the box service. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I have had my um, account if you want to call it that, where you guys have held issues for me, collected issues for me, for uh, subscribed issues for me for years, and and I've always gotten what I wanted for comics. So take advantage of that at either store. I, I think that's a great service. If people can, people from the website add that, like add a, add an issue to their box. Yeah, uh, uh, I wouldn't not specifically from the website, but the website will give you contact information to get in touch with one of us. Sweet. So you can Facebook message us, email us, call us. We can do. All of that stuff over the phone. I just text you yeah, and I just say, exactly. hey, dude, pull this for me. Pull this for me or change this. There's so many different ways to access the store and um, get what you need into your box. Yeah. I mean, we're available almost 24 hours a day, yeah. especially with the Facebook. Yeah. Yep. It's very cool. Uh, anyway, let's uh, get out of here. We're running a little long, but hey, who cares? It's a good time. It's a good time had by all. We're just uh, running low on batteries again. We're going to save the world. Save the world one comic book at a time. You're damn right. All right. I will talk to you people next week. John, any final words? Um, platypus. Okay, mine is... Okay. Just kidding. I'm editing that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Bye.